Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we live. All right. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. You came looking for funny and informative baseball content. Look no further, bud. We ain't hiding. You found us. D-Mendy here, hosting and boasting. I know you guys know guys joining me now, by now, hopefully. Bartonaveni, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, the LC, and the Doc, Eric Mendelson. LC, how's the week been treating you? Well, you know, you speak and the world provides. Over last weekend, I I was sent to the store to pick up baking supplies, and I got myself some brownies, and I was able to bring home my ice cream and brownies for my little grocery store treat. Uh, today's my son's birthday, so I had uh, I've had some uh, some birthday cake as well. It's been a sweet week here for a little cheesecake. Although I have a a cricket. In the dungeon right now. Who's going to be? Who's going to be providing commentary this entire introduction? <laughs> Living up to the name, the little cheesecake, going with all the sweets. I love it. And happy birthday, Noah! Heart, heart. Eric, little cheesecake. Just talked. How's the doc doing? Doing good, man. You know, uh, living living life uh, one day at a time. Start a new job next week, so only a week left to be unemployed and mess around. And you have a draft going on, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, it's actually my pick right now. <laughs> You're multitasking. I love it. Just throwing curveballs where you have to think. I am. Well, in, today we have actually our very big show. We're excited. Uh, we have the midseason awards. We just passed the halfway point in the 2020 MLB season. And while things have not gone quite as expected, to say the least, we're going to dive in to look at the MVP, Cy Youngs, and Rookie of the Years up to this point in the season and predict if they'll finish atop those rankings as the winner of those categories. Knowing how the season has gone, the second half will make this episode seem silly in a month, potentially, so we have no idea. We're going to be doing this with a special guest, Chris Clegg, a.k.a. Roto Clegg, Eric. Roto Clegg! Who's waiting in the hole. After, we're going to go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which outfielder has the best arm in the league, and our mystery game coming in to shut the door. But first up to bat is our news and notes. You know, we got to touch on in the news and notes, there was a bonanza, and I don't use that word a lot. There was a bonanza of trades that went down during the trade. Good deadline, good googly moogly. There's a lot of, to break down here. We're going to look kind of at a few that stand out to us. What are some trades that stuck out to you? Uh, well, I think, obviously, you got to love what the Padres have done to improve their team over the trade deadline. I think you can, you know, go to every single other uh, uh, podcast. We'll give you a great breakdown of that. I do want to stress that they did not give up 
any of their top level prospects to get this haul. And they completely revamped their catching position, got themselves the high end starter that they were looking for. I think that the, the Padres did a great job at this deadline. They also picked up relief help uh, from, from Seattle and from, uh, and from Kansas city. I I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Marlins and the Blue Jays and what they did over this deadline. Now, if you look, let's start with the Blue Jays. Uh, on August 24th, they sent cash considerations for uh, Dan Vogelbach uh, to Seattle. Then on the 27th, they sent they received Taiwan Walker for Alberto Rodriguez, a 20-year-old outfield prospect, uh, with Seattle as well. They also traded for Robbie Ray. They traded for Ross Stripling, and they traded for Jonathan VR. None of these names are super sexy. They're all competent major leaguers. Vogelbach, they actually just DFA'd um, yesterday or two days ago. They haven't even, they didn't even keep him on the team. Uh, the rest of these guys, Stripling, VR, Ray, and Walker, uh, they're, they're sandbags in case water starts getting taken on. Ray, they put in a follower role last week in his first appearance for the team. Uh, and he pitched well. I mean, his his walk problems that he had had so frustratingly in Arizona were not there his first day in Toronto. Maybe maybe this this follower role uh, will be a good transition for Ray. And and you know, following their 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 staff, there's there's a lot of openings for having sort of following days. Um, Ryu, uh, Taiwan Walker, Stripling, Chase Anderson. Uh, who's pitching okay, Tanner Roark, who's poop. I wrote poop next to Tanner Roark's name. Um, and then they have a lot of injuries, Trent Thornton, Nate Pearson, Matt Shoemaker. So there's there's like Taiwan Walker and Ross Stripling are not like sexy pitching pickups, but they are competent major league pitchers to put in there. And And I was looking at their roster, and they were out of them beyond – the guys that they had going because of all the injuries they had. So I think this is a really good, um, I think this is a really good trade deadline for them. Stripling has not pitched well for the Dodgers. Um, one thing that I've noticed is that his slider uh, miles per hour is down this year. And that's the only ma- major difference in what I could see from his, uh, from his <coughs> pitching from year to year is that he's not getting the the miles per hour on his slider. And so what he has is like his slider, his change, and his curve are all in like the same band of of velocity. And his fastball is like at like 91, 92. So it's not like crazy good. So I think I would pick him up because it's his first time through the, the, the AL East. But I think that there's reason to 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 believe the bad stats. He's getting hit pretty hard right now, um, and I think one of the things you can point to is his slider velocity is down. Um, okay, I, I've talked enough about the Blue Jays. Uh, David, is there anyone you want to you want to talk about? Uh, just there's one thing that stuck out to me: the Starling Marte trade, and it's interesting that the Diamondbacks traded him because he actually wasn't. He had a twelve and a half million club option, which isn't crazy. He was hitting 311 this year over 33 games. He actually has been playing well. And I, I was just a little confused of why they're going to trade um, Starling Marte. But then I guess that the main thing that came to my mind why they did this trade is they got Caleb Smith back in this. And uh, Humberto Mejia isn't a bad uh, other piece thrown in there. But I'm thinking that they just got Zach Gallen. And you look at what he became, even though he was already regarded as a great prospect, 
um, when he was with the Marlins. He he's become a Cy Young contender this year. They must have seen something similar in Caleb Smith, and they'd be like, "Hey, let's just give up Starling Marte. We're not going to resign him long term anyway. Let's get a young piece that's under control to add to our pitching staff, especially because you have Maz and Bumgarner leading that staff right now." Um, and he's he looks like he's about to literally be out of the league in another year or two. So I'm thinking they're trying to build some young pitching, and that was the reason they did that. So I actually kind of like that trade for the Diamondbacks. I, I kind of trashed in the beginning, but um, I, I do like that trade, actually. Mm-hmm. The one other trade that stuck out to me was the huge haul. They traded to get Austin Nola, Austin Adams, and Dan Adelvia because mm-hmm. they gave up Taylor Trammell, and Andres Munoz and Ty France, and then another catcher named Luis Terrans. Uh, to give up Trammell and France, and Munoz, I mean, Munoz throws like 102 miles an hour. He's going to be back from Tommy John surgery. He looks like he could be a future closer. And Trammell and, 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 um, and France, I mean, those guys, if they get full playing time, they could see, I wouldn't be surprised to see them have like a, a Trent Grisham type of uh, elevation this year or next year, this year to next year, just giving them consistent at bats, getting used to seeing major league hitting, because uh, a lot of these times these prospects don't get the the, the chance to to run, and they're not doing anything. As Kyle Tucker will show, he's been so frustrating the last year and a half. Finally, gets to play every day. Look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't give these high end prospects opportunity to see every day at bats at a consistent basis, of course they're not going to produce. So I'm very interested to see for the side of the Mariners what those guys turn into. Yeah, I think um, I, I heard I was listening to a podcast today. I think it was the Rates and Barrels podcast, and they were reporting that um, that you know Seattle didn't really want to trade Nola, but San Diego just kept upping its offer to a point where it was just like, okay, you can have them if you're willing to give all that, you can have them. Yeah, but they didn't really want to trade him. But um, San Diego had needed to address his catching position. It was getting no production whatsoever from its catching position. So that trade, and they also traded for Jason Castro from mm-hmm. Anaheim. I can't remember what the, what the trade, but it was probably, you know, a minor prospect of some sort. They, and they completely revamped their catching position. Now their offense is just silly strong. Mitch Moreland, who was raking in Boston, they picked him up too. Um, I wanted to, like, interestingly, uh, the, the Marlins – and uh and Diamondbacks, this is the second time they've hooked up in two summers on a on a deadline deal. The Gallon for Jazz Chisholm um trade was last deadline and Jazz Chisholm just got called up. His first uh his first games are this week. Uh it's interesting the the type of um the type when when uh front offices start to develop relationships. I uh I mean you see often um like the Cubs used to trade with the Orioles all the time. I remember that. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the Marlins getting Starling Marte was, was a really good move for them. They got rid of VR and they got Marte. I think Marte is definitely an upgrade over VR. And uh, Marte is not making that much next year, which is why it is a little bit puzzling that, that it was, um, that they, Kind of, it kind of seemed like they were had intended not to resign him, and that this was just a rental year. Um, and I, because like Marte could is probably going to be his option will probably be picked up by the Marlins, and if the Marlins are smart, they'll probably sign him to a big contract because uh, you know they need to get some some credibility, and he's below market value for the next year and a half. Um, he'll be thirty. He's thirty one. He'll be thirty two three or four year deal. 
I think for a young team, he's, he has a, I think he's going to age pretty well. Um, I think it's a great pickup for the Marlins. The Marlins, you know, they, they're buy-in at the deadline. That's awesome. 16 and 16. They're, they're, I think in the eighth playoff position right now. And they have a staff to, they have a pretty good pitching staff. They might be able to, to stick. It's, it's great to see the Marlins back and, uh, uh, it's great to, to have, um, to have, uh, uh, um, some, some competitive baseball down there. Agreed. And I do want to say, I think it's interesting. Everybody trashed Derek Jeter when they traded John Carlos Stanton away, but look what he's, they're starting to build there. And I actually really like the direction he's going. I don't think he's getting, no one's even mentioning any credit towards him. They were just trashing him when it happened. So I think more people need to start giving credit to Derek Jeter and the rebuilding effort he's making there. Yeah, they've made some smart trades. I mean, they they didn't want to hold on to uh, to the Stanton contract, and that looks pretty pretty smart right now, dumping that in the Yankees' lap, uh, you know, because Stanton, you know, has has been made of glass so far in New York, uh, you know, and they've get they've managed to flip a lot of prospects and get a lot of value back, and so they're talent rich, uh, young talent rich, and. Now they have a, they're fielding a somewhat credible offense. If you go around their offense, uh, there's not a lot of holes in it anymore. As there, whereas like you know last year it was, anytime you can get a pitcher against Miami, you're in good shape. Right. Well, if you want to see the rest of the all the MLB trades, you can go to MLB.com/news, and everything is right there. We didn't want to go through everyone because that would be a whole show in itself. Do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show that you can check out, also available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being the cat's meow and leaving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Triple Play Fantasy. Eric runs our social media and used to provide daily questions, but he got lazy. Annoying gifts. And of course, our weekly episode drops. Remember when you would lay out your clothes the night before the first day of school and the excitement you'd have going to sleep? Yeah, that's that feeling you'll get listening to our podcast. So make sure you tell a friend so they can get that excitement feeling too. But it starts with you. We want to keep you entertained. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. And now, Roto Plague. We welcome in a man with an accent that makes the ladies faint. A IBWAA member, a fantasy baseball writer for Fantrax, and a diehard Braves fan. He rocks a bow tie like no one's business <laughs> and gives the fantasy studs a save reports that you crave. We are talking with no one other than Chris, a.k.a. Roto Clegg. Roto Clegg! <laughs> wow, that was an epic introduction. Thanks, guys. That... Seriously, that's hard to top right there. <laughs> David told me I wouldn't say that, and I was like, I totally will. <laughs> yeah, we, awesome. We Feel love, the love. Yeah, man, we, we appreciate you coming on. I know we, you know, we both are uh we both are in the fan tracks group and, and I always love reading your stuff. You're always uh so gracious putting other people's stuff out there, but you write some really great work. So um I know you started that this, this year too. So I uh I just definitely admire what you're doing. Oh man, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been a grind for sure. I didn't expect to kind of 
move like I did, man. I started a little blog back in January just because I enjoyed writing, honestly. And I love played fantasy baseball for a long time. And then uh, the guy y'all had on last week, SP Streamer, Michael Simeon, he picked me up mm-hmm. in like March. And then just kind of, well, things have gone kind of crazy since. But yeah, like you said, I'm with Fantrax and that's, that's where all my writing is now. And uh, man, it's been a ride and just love getting to do this stuff, man. So I am pumped. Hey, base is loaded. What's up? Yeah, man. He's on, uh, the recent 3,000. Uh, you hit that number, unlike Bernie Mac in that movie. So <laughs> you need to throw that out there. Dude, it, yeah. I did, Like I said, I didn't even think people would read my work when I started writing. Like, it was probably terrible. And, like, I'm not sure why Michael picked me up in the first place. But he taught me a lot. And a lot of people have helped me out along the way. And, man, just thankful to to be doing this. Just love getting to do this and and share my passion for fantasy baseball with others. It might give you any kind of warning about being on this show and, and the shenanigans and hijinks we do. He did not, but I definitely <laughs> listened to that show, so I, I'm excited. Hey, man, well, well, we'll dive right in here. And we're talking, we're actually a little past the midseason uh, point, but we, are, uh, we can address these midseason awards that we have going on. And... We're looking at pretty much, obviously, the MVPs, the Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Years. And it's interesting to not only see who we predict are going to be the winners of those categories as of this point, but if you think by the end of the season that they actually will finish as that MVP Cy Young or Rookie of the Year based off their metrics and if they're outperforming them or that type of thing. Again, this is a pretty loosey-goosey type show. So, Chris, if you you want to tell Eric he's wrong, you can go ahead and do so. You don't have to hold back, all right? (laughs) <laughs> tell, tell David that he's pale. Summer's over and David didn't get a tan at all. Oh, man. <laughs> Missed out, <laughs> bud. <laughs> if I showed you my watch tan, then you would see. But uh, that's for another show. That's for my OnlyFans. So. <laughs> you have an OnlyFans? What if, <laughs> you haven't told us yet. What? That's for another show. Is it an OnlyFans or an OnlyFan? Like how many fans are there? Is there one fan? Uh, there's <laughs> multiple. Multiple fans. Yes. So it's only fans. Yes. Off camera, we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> right, so let's, let's dive right in here. And let's start out with AL MVP. Clegg, you're, uh, I'm going to start you off because you're the guest. Who do you have as the AL MVP? So I've got Nelson Cruz is the AL MVP. He'll be the oldest MVP winner ever, which is super crazy. But – he just gets better as he ages. He's hitting 326. He's got 420 on base, 667 slugging percentage. He's smacking the ball, man. 13 home runs, 29 RBIs. Over a full season pace, he's on pace for 57 homers. Like he's having a historic season at age 40. I don't even know what's going on here, but it's nuts. Like every year, he just seems to get better and better. And everything backs it up. Like what he's doing is completely legit. And we know that because he's done it the past few years, but here he is just, I mean, hitting the ball incredibly hard. He's 80th percentile or better in almost every stat cast category. He's striking out a lot, but you know what? It doesn't matter because when he hits the ball, he's hitting it extremely hard and he's putting up huge numbers. And so right now he's my AL MVP, Nelson Cruz. Hey, as a twins fan, I love that. Uh, I mean, he's the ageless wonder at this point. I, I don't know if Eric or you guys agree. Who are, Art, I'll start with you. Who's your 
AL MVP? I'm going with the narrative choice. I think there's a really solid and strong performer over the past few seasons on a team that is a breakout, and that is Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is hitting 313, has 12 home runs, 33 RBIs. He's been the linchpin of that White Sox team for years, and he's been a consistent contributor, and he's doing it again this year, this year with a higher batting average. I think he could actually maintain this and ride a, a, a White Sox playoff berth to a lot of MVP support. He's my MVP at the midpoint because I find the White Sox to be one of the more exciting teams in baseball, and I think he is the – he is the granddaddy. He is the linchpin of that entire team. And uh, and I and I love the way he's playing. I love his leadership for them. Uh, Abreu's my MVP this year. Eric, who are you going with? So I had like a 1A, 1B. Um, and Nelson Cruz was mine, and, and Chris stole all my stats. Uh, but my <laughs> other one was Shane Bieber. And Damn you, Eric. Go ahead. We've seen the uh, winner um, – a pitcher win the AL MVP award. I think Verlander in 2011 did it. Shane Bieber has has gone six plus innings in all eight outings, owns a 1.2 ERA, a .82 WHIP. His double digit strikeouts in five of his eight outings, and the three that he didn't, he got eight, nine, and nine. He's had no runs in five of his eight outings, and you figure he's probably going to have three more, three or four more starts for the rest of this season. He could have a total of 12 games, so that's a fifth of it, go 8-0 and and have these numbers. I can't, like, that. any time that he goes out and the Indians will give him two runs, three at most, you know that they're going to come away with a win, barring the bullpen blowing it. Yeah, Eric, you are right thinking the same way I am. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the, the top contenders I wrote down, I wrote the two guys you said, that you guys said earlier, Tim Anderson, um, Brandon Lau, I was like, there wasn't one guy that was like, oh my God, this guy is literally the MVP, no question. But I was like, Shane Bieber, he's 6-0 and with a 1-2-3 ERA and has 84 strikeouts and 52 innings pitch. He leads all of baseball in K-to-walk ratios, FIP, ERA, and ERA+. Plus. And he's third in baseball in whip, second in batting average against, and he's first in innings pitch. So he is across the board, just dominant every single category. And if you look at his X stats too, like, uh, I'm looking at kind of like his pitches, and when you pull up his his Statcast page, his batting average against on his four seamer 197, his batting average against on his curve 100, his batting average against on his flyer 0.83. I mean, it's just insane. And his X and the the X stats off of that that was his regular batting average. His X stats 254, uh, 0.39, 0.119. Like these, they're lining up with uh, what he's doing. And so that's why I'm like, okay, like, it's not like he's outperforming his peripherals. And I mean, this is a guy that put in the work this off season to really, uh, you know, he was already good, but he made that leap from good, great. And yeah, with three starts left this season, barring a catastrophic finish this season, I don't see a strong enough hitter to overtake for what he's been doing this season. Again, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know they don't like giving I mean, it's, it's just rare for a pitcher like Verlander won an MVP a few years ago. I think Bieber is the, having the type of season to do it. It's hard to, I think in a voter's mind, he's going to look at it and go eight. No, that doesn't seem like enough to be an MVP, but in a 60 game season, like, yeah, that's enough. You have to adjust your, your things. I, it's an interesting thing. I didn't even think to conclude, include him in my analysis because I was doing hitter pitcher, but 
this is definitely like one of those Verlander double dip seasons type of things that you could see happening very easily. So where is Shane Bieber ranked as a pitcher next year? I saw this on Twitter the other day. I think you can't dispute that him, DeGrom, and Garrett Cole are probably going to be in the top three. What's your guys' order? I'm curious to hear. David, we'll start with you. <laughs> okay, okay, host. Okay. Okay. Um, I would probably go – I still would probably go Cole, DeGrom, Bieber, um, just because uh, Cole – I mean, this, the strikeout stuff, obviously, he has the best offense in baseball backing him up. I, I know he's been a little bit down this year, and DeGrom is just ridiculous. If DeGrom was on any type of better offensive team, he would be number one. But he gets he loses out on so many wins. So I, I would still go Cole DeGrom Beaver. All right, and we'll go to our guest, Roto Clegg, next. I'm going DeGrom, Beaver, and Cole. I actually that's, my, that's mine. You win. I don't like Cole in New York at all. Honestly. Yes! Read my he, mind. He he may be I mean, he's probably still top five, but there's an argument to, I mean, he could just not be as good in New York personally. I mean, he, the fly ball rate and in that park, I just don't think it plays well. You, you mentioned the offense. Either. Those guys can't stay healthy. Exactly. I, mean, I know the offense is still killer anyway. but yeah, why, why, do we, why do we think the same on everything? I like it, Craig. All right. <laughs> Let's go to a little cheesecake. Best Let's friends. do your order. Uh, my, my order is, is DeGrom, uh, Bieber, and Cole. And I think, yeah, Cole, for me – I'm taking this season and giving it pretty a pretty um, strong weight because he is in a new location. I always think at first year on a big contract is tough. So next year I'm going to do wait and see on him more so. So I'd, I'd probably put him around five or six pitching for drafting next year just because I want to see if he's going to come back and be Garrett Cole again, and I'll probably miss out on it if he is. But people are going to be like, oh, it was his first season in New York. He got some jitters. We're still going to draft him high, and I'm not going to. I'm right Fair enough. Let's, let's move to our NL MVP, and this one's a little bit more interesting. I think this is a, there's a lot better candidates here. Um, a month ago, if you'd said Charlie Blackman was going to win it, uh, maybe you don't say that now. And uh, there's someone I do want to point out, Ian Happ, who isn't going to win the MVP. If they had a most improved player in baseball, I think he would win it. He really looks like he's changed his game. And if he was doing so over a course of a whole season, I think he would get some votes. But I'll start uh, – Cheesecake, I'll start with you for this one. Who's your NL MVP? The only person anyone can talk about is Fernando Tatis Jr. I don't I, – I can't see it going any other way. I can't even come up with an argument for another person, really. I think he has dominated the storylines, and his statistics are backing it up. He's He's having a great breakout season – uh, 39 runs, 13 home runs. He's seven stolen bases. You know, he's, he's, he's providing in all, all the categories. He's Roto MVP and the NL MVP. And he is a uh, one home run on a three Oh count. I love that. Give it to me. <laughs> he's the man. That's the storyline that Art's talking about. Eric, who's yours? Yeah. I mean, you got to go Fernando Tatis, 13 homers, 34 RBIs hitting three Oh seven. Um, he's hit safely in 30 of 37 games, which is 81%. So think of every four or five, every four out of five games, he's getting a hit. And that's not even counting the games where he'll get a walk and not. So he's getting on base a decent amount, 23 extra base hits, seven stolen bases, 395 on base percentage. He just does it all. I don't, I, like Art said, I don't think you can pick anyone else at this point. Shout out to, uh, 
our friend over a good football guy that we interact with, Detroit BC, insulted me the other day, but it's all good. It's all love, man. It's all love. Let's go to uh, our guy, Roto Clegg. Any difference opinion there? Uh, I think this one, the AL had some debate. I don't think this one has a debate, honestly. I mean, he's just been incredibly good. You mentioned the storyline, the stats. I mean, everything he's doing is is legit. And honestly, and I'll take the L on this. I faded him so hard this offseason because the strikeout rate, the expected batting average was like the the biggest gap in baseball last year. He had like a, yeah, he had like a 259 XBA. And so 257, actually, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this dude is going to be such a bust for what, like a 1780p. And I am eating those words. And I wish I had some shares because, man, what he's doing is off the charts. I mean, just looking at stat cast numbers, he's got the hardest exit velocity in baseball, the hardest or the most, the highest hard hit percentage. He's 99th percentile in barrel percentage, 98th percentile sprint speed. We can keep naming them, but. I mean, he's just – he's legit, and I don't think it can go any other way, honestly. And, and everybody loves the Padres. Like, I'm even seeing Dodgers fans being like, ugh, <laughs> I think that I'm enjoying watching this team. Like, Padres are a team that everybody's rooting for, so yeah, I think that will get some votes. They're fun to watch. There is there no case at all for Mookie Betts? Any I love case? Him, but no, no. I think Mookie Betts suffers from the depth of the Dodger lineup. Uh, and and the perceived the perceived strength of the team overall uh, that he was sort of like a cherry on top the Durant to Golden State sort of type of deal. <laughs> I like uh, that reference. Um, I think he's hurting from that, but he's having a great season. He's he's been amazing in in the Dodgers. But I think the storyline is there, and uh, and the momentum for the story is with Tatis. He'd have to fall off some to lose it. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh- uh, Chris, what you were saying earlier, I think one of the big things that hasn't been brought up about Tatis, I think a lot of people were scared because of his injury history and the, the way he played. And then everybody was like, he's not going to hold up, and especially at that price tag. They were like, well, he plays so reckless that I'm not going to use a early second round pick on a guy that is going to, you know, like I, I think that's been brought up that Bryce Harper had to tone it down a little bit because he was constantly getting hurt. And I think people were starting to have that comparison, like, hey, you can play too hard and risk your, your longevity. So I, I do understand kind of fading him a little bit. And also I know his, his um, X stats, I think last year were outperforming him and, and uh, you know, what he was doing. And uh, I get it. I, I think, I guess let's stay on this topic for one second. Like, do you think Tatis is the number one pick next year? There's probably an argument for it. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting because now you have such a big segment of players. I mean, Mike Trout's Mike Trout. You got Mookie, who's who had a resurgence so far, so he has an argument. Acuna, we know the power speed combo. Yelich, I mean, you could you can make an argument for probably any of them, and especially given the shortened season. People will write off what Yelich has done. They'll write off Bellinger's season. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we're only a month in, so it's hard to say. But there'll be an argument for a lot of guys at number one. Cheesecake. You're taking number one. You have the first pick in the draft. Format matters. Um, I think uh, I think Trout's walks in a, in a in a points league puts Trout over Tatis, but I think Tatis's speed edge definitely puts him at one in a roto league. Doc, 
Trout won points, assuming it's a normal year. I don't expect him to have another kid this soon. <laughs> Mookie won in Roto, and like maybe if I'm feeling him that day, I'd take him one in points. I have a man crush on Mookie. He is as consistent as they come. Yeah, you don't pick him as your MVP, so it's fake love. It's, I got to be real, though. I got to be real. All right, tough love. I see. So let's go to Cy Young. And let's let's actually let's uh, is anybody have a case for anyone other than Shane Bieber? No, no, I think it's clear cut. Yeah, I mean, as good as Giolito's been, like Bieber's Lance, just been Lance, that Lance much good, but like they're not on Bieber's level. Bieber Lance just Bieber, gave up six runs today. Yeah, Lynn blew up today. Bieber is on his own. I didn't see that. Bieber is on his own level, and everybody else is a stratosphere below that. Who's the, he's making an argument who the most relevant Bieber in the world is. The way he's been true. <laughs> Hashtag not Justin. <laughs> so then let, let's not waste time with that one. Let's go to NL uh, Cy Young. And this, I think out of all the ones of everything I wrote down, this is the one that's the most wide open. I think you can make a case for like five or six guys. So Doc, who is your NL Cy Young? So I wanted to say Josh Hader because I made a bet and I would cash in so much if he did it. He hasn't given up a walk this year, or he hasn't given up a day. He, <laughs> he walked hasn't a lot. five walks. Yeah, he had five walks the other day. Besides that, he's been really good. But I'm going Jacob Degrom. He's two and one on the year, and as we and as we've seen in the past, wins don't carry as much relevance. I think if you have eight or nine wins in this year, it will boost your case. But I think having two or three in a shortened season isn't going to dock you. Pun intended. He has a 176 ERA, a .9 whip, 58 to nine walk to strikeout or strikeout to walk ratio. All seven games, he's gone at least five innings pitched, no more than two earned runs, double digit strikeouts in two of them. He's as consistent as they come, and I know Art said this on a previous show. It's about the storyline, and in this crazy COVID season, I think him winning three straight Cy Youngs is going to be something that people talk about and elevate his name to. You know, an all-time great Hall of Famer for sure. Clay, how are you feeling about this one? And you may think this is a homer pick, but I'm going Max Freed, which is kind of <laughs> off the cusp, but it's not because I'm a Braves fan. I promise. Freed <laughs> has been awesome this season. I mean, he's 6-0. and He's got a 1-6 ERA, one whip. I mean, the strikeouts aren't there, which is probably the reason that he won't win because he's not striking out a lot of batters but he's just getting it done. Like every outing he gets it done. And I think prior to Gallon's start yesterday, I know baseball reference has kind of like a wonky war, but Freed had the highest war in baseball according to their system. I know that's not the same on fan graphs, but Freed's just, I mean, he's mixing his pitch as well. He's using that slider more this year. He's getting strikeouts when he strikes hitters out. I mean, he's getting them with a variety of pitches from the four seam, the slider, the curve. He's using them all very effective. And He's, he's inducing a lot of weak contact. And so that like a metric that I really like to use is to when I look at pitchers is hard minus soft contact. So you see which pitchers limit their hard contact, but also induce a lot of soft contact, which a lot of people will argue that pitchers don't have control over that. It's not a skill, but I actually think it is a skill that you can own. And Freed ranks second in that behind Kenta Maeda. He's so he's in limiting his hard contact and he's inducing a lot of weak contact and it's working. So when you pair that with the strikeouts and I know it's not a ton, but it's like a strikeout in the inning, 
he just gets it done over and over. And I think that's going to sustain over this final month. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit if we think these guys will win. But I'm going to say right now, he's my Cy Young. All right. Can't argue with that. Art? I I love the Freed pick. I was p- choosing between him and uh, so uh, you took him. I'm going to go with uh, my hometown pick, Mr. U Darvish. Uh, Hey, 1.47. I get to, I get to take off the Homer hat. There's my Cubs hats off and now my bald head's here. Uh, 1.47 speaks for itself. 1.00 whip. Uh, if you look actually at the, uh, at the Savant, uh, percentile rankings of Freed and Darvish, Savant's is actually a bit more impressive. Uh, I mean, Freed is a little bit more impressive impressive than Darvish, but uh, Darvish has a little bit strikeout edge. Um, he has one more loss, uh, but I think the strikeout edge is going to uh, uh, um, tease some voters a little bit better than than Freed's uh, overall statistical profile. It's fair. I do like the first thing I like doing when I look at these pitchers, as I think a lot of people do, is I do look at the the Statcast page. I look at their percentile rankings. I love red. If I see red, you're a winner in my book. And a lot of these guys do have. There's none of these guys that looks like they're outperforming their peripherals. They're in the you know 70 plus percentiles and the hard hit percentages, the X stats, the you know, whiff percentages, all that type of stuff. I also like looking at the guys that throw. Like, Art, like you said, that they throw a lot of different pitches and that they're getting whiffs with all these different pitches. And I'm looking at, you know, Zach Gallon's page. He throws five pitches. And in four of them, he throws at least 17% of the time. And he's getting at least – he's getting a 29% whiff – almost basically 30% whiff percentage on three of the four. So it shows me that he has command of three really good pitches. And again, Bieber's in that class. Udars is in that class. So it's like, hey, if, if I'm looking at your, your your page and I'm seeing that you're getting a lot of whiff percentages on multiple pitches, that means that this is a, the real deal type of thing to me. And it, it's hard. It's like picking one of my future children, which one I would pick because they're all that close together here. And I would have to just give the edge. I think the Grom, I think everybody just associates greatness with him. And it's going to be just A, B, or C. And it's like, all right, we're going to pick the guy that everybody thinks should get the award every year. Let's just give it to DeGrom. So I, I think at this point right now, unless something changes, I think he will be the, uh, the Cy Young. But this one was fun because this one, when you look at all the cans, again, I think is the most open of all of them. So um, that will be the most interesting to see how it turns out. We were all wrong, and it's Josh Hader, and I win like $2,700, <laughs> and then I quit the show. <laughs> that makes you quit the show that that much money no i invested all in the show <laughs> there you go now i'll root for hater let's go to the rookie of the years here and i have two really big ones so maybe i missed one but clegg i'll start with you who's your al rookie of the year it's kyle lewis and i recommended selling kyle lewis a couple weeks ago selling high on him and he's just he just keeps performing <laughs> like he's ridiculous and i did not expect this at all like he had, I mean, he started the season high. Like people have hot starts. He had like a 700 BABIP and was striking out like 40% of the time. He's dropped that strikeout rate a ton. It's all the way down to 24%. So like over the last like 20 games, he's only striking out like 15 or 16% of the time. He's actually walking as much over that time period as he has struck out. 
I think I looked up over his last 100, walked 18 times, struck out 19 times. So pretty impressive turnaround here. And I don't think there's a lot of competition. Like this is another one where he's just kind of dominating. You can make an argument for a couple people, I think. But right now he's hitting 328, 418 on base, 527 slug, eight home runs, 29 runs, two stolen bases chip in there. The interesting thing is his baseball savant page is not the prettiest. You mentioned like in C and red, he doesn't have a whole lot of red. He doesn't hit the ball hard, which is interesting from a guy that has a lot of raw power, actually. Like that was kind of his pedigree as a prospect was his raw power, not his hit tool at all. And so it's interesting because his exit velocity is pretty low. I like looking at, I don't love looking at exit velocity, but even on line drives and fly balls, it's not the best. He's not barreling the ball very well. And he's only he's his hard hit rate's only thirty three percent, which is interesting because like I know he has more power than this, and he's still producing these numbers, which is interesting. So I actually think he could get better. Like we'll see these numbers increase. We'll probably see some more home runs throughout the year. But yeah, my midseason pick for rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis. That's as as volatile one I think as you said a few weeks ago. We were saying the same thing on here too. It's it's like maybe it, it's still coming and we don't know. Um, and he's and, you know he's he's seen the ball well now, but in three weeks from now it's more what we thought. But I, I like that pick, and um, I don't know if if cheesecake if you're if you're feeling the Kyle Lewis vibes or if you're going in another direction. Uh, overheard at uh, White Sox Stadium recently. I don't know why they pitched to Luis Robert anymore. Um, I think Luis Robert's the guy who can who's on his tail, but Kyle Lewis is my uh, my my winner so far. Uh, his statistics are too good. 328, eight home runs at this point. Uh, and he, he, he got a lot of it coming out early. And, and, and I was definitely saying regression is going to hit and it's going to hit hard because I didn't think he would be making adjustments in season in this sort of a short season. I thought that any sort of adjustments would have to be done after some struggle, but, um, but he's really proven, proven my uh, initial prognostication wrong and you know i'm glad he 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 called me and said thanks for doubting me i thought that was nice um but uh his 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 statistics are too good to give it to anyone else right now but i do think luis robert um is on his tail eric is luis robert on his tail or do you have luis robert winning i have luis robert winning and yeah. And, and Kyle Lewis has started out the, the season really well. I mean, he's hitting 328, which is really impressive. Luis Robert has him by two home runs, 10 to 8. More RBIs, 24 to 21. More stolen bases, 4 to 2. Um, Kyle Lewis does have seven more runs scored for him. Um, the only thing that concerns for me about Luis Robert, while I could see him dropping off, is he has 10 walks compared to 43 strikeouts. He does swing and miss a lot and I know that was a concern for Kyle Lewis and he's he's gotten better I think we were all sell high candidates on him and he's really cut down that strikeout rate but I think when you look at team success as well a lot of these people that win the awards are going to be for teams that are in the playoffs and even with the expanded 16 team playoffs doesn't look like the Mariners are going to make it at this point so I think the majority of the winners we'll see are going to be on these teams yeah, and I I mean, you've pretty much said it really well. I don't have much to add. I'm, I said Luis Robert was my rookie of the year pick before the season started. Like, they're the only one so far that's actually looking like it could be right. And 
again, I, I look back at his metrics and, and he's, I mean, his, uh, you know, his hard hit percentage, which I know, Clay, was something you said that is something you look at a lot. And he's in the 86 percentile, 81 percentile exit velocity. He's still hitting 279. And his expected batting average is also 279. So he's performing right about where he's supposed to be. He's got an 18.4% barrel percentage. And I, I just, I'm, I think the fact that the White Sox have such a good lineup, they have to pitch to him. And I think that's going to allow him to be able to keep boosting his profile. And I know that the Mariners have Kyle Seager, but they don't have nearly the same stack lineup. So I think that's going to hurt his statistics at the end of the day. I think, you know, um, especially if they, he becomes to the point where they're not going to pitch to him at all. They're, you know, I, I just, there's something about the Luis Robert hype, top five prospect being on a playoff team and producing what he's producing. I think he ultimately will win the award barring a crazy collapse. But this one's interesting. I didn't think it was going to be two to two, but that's funny how those things work out. Yeah, I kind of had a brain fart when I said this one wasn't close. I was thinking of the NL Rookie of the Year <laughs> and not the AL. The AL actually has some intriguing options, but I was thinking about the NL in my brain. And, yeah, it's all good. So apologies. All good, man. to hear your NL one. Uh, Eric, it's not going to be the one you want. I know it's not, and I don't have the one I want either. I think it's going to be a clean sweep. I will be shocked, and maybe I again this I forgot somebody. Um, Cheesecake, who is – your NL Cy Young, and is he worth anything? You mean Rookie of the Year? Or, I'm sorry, Rookie of the Year, and is he worth anything? Uh, worth. I put uh, Jake Cronenworth as my, yeah, ah, worth yeah. anything. Yeah, uh, okay. There you go, caught it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> second, Jake Cronenworth, yeah. 346, he said 346. Oh, he's having a great start to the season, and, and the stat cast numbers back it up. He's, he's, he's creaming the ball right now. Are we clean sweep? Clean sweep. Yeah. And for the record, I wanted it to be Dustin May. So, like, the NL Rookie of the Year prop bets, number one was Gavin Lux. I was like, okay, he just got demoted. Like, no way, it's him. Then it was Carter Keeboom, and I was like, all right, he's not even starting the year out. And then it was Mitch Keller. And then I was like, okay, I don't feel confident with any of them. So I threw, like, 50 on Dustin May. And I was like, oh, he's starting opening night. This is perfect. This is money in the bank. And you saw the gifts, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, like Ginger Guard, like all these gifts. Like, you know, I think Alex Fast has, like, the, the layover of, of, like, the dirty two seams he throws. But yeah. it's got to be Cronenworth. He has 11 extra base hits, three triples, which is second in the NL, considering he hasn't even played the entire season. 405 on base percentage and a great offense. So he's going to get the, a lot of pitches um, his way, so. Another clean sweep. I didn't say mine. Who is it? It's Tony Gosselin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One of the most stressful pitchers to own. Yeah. He's got a nice mustache, though. I give him that. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, it's kind of a lack of the field, even though Cronenworth is killing the ball. Yeah. But I think people were high on some of the Dodgers. I mean, and, and Gavin Lux was your pick, wasn't he, Art, before the season started? No, I thought Mackenzie Gore. I thought Mackenzie Gore was oh, going right. to to get some run, but he's not getting any run, and that's weird. It was I don't remember who I picked for AL. I'm trying to remember who I picked for AL. I think we all picked Luis Robert. <laughs> I'll say smart. I did. We're, we're smart. We're smart. Yeah. Um, so, Clay, I'll start with you to round this out here, this part. Is there any of the ones you picked that you don't feel confident finishing as that 
person for the award winner, or do you feel pretty confident for the last three and a half weeks of the season that that's going to be who wins it? No, I said so. I I said Max Fried was my NL Cy winner right now, but I ultimately think Degrom takes it again. There's so many things that are going his way. I mean, just the fact that he could be a three time in a row winner, the strikeout numbers, like he he definitely has the edge. I said no to Kyle Lewis also because I think Luis Robert ends up winning it. And my ballsy pick was I said Tatis wouldn't win it and Juan Soto would win. Ooh. The, he would end up being the MVP. So we'll see how that goes. I, that's the one I'm least confident in, but Soto's quietly killing the ball. And so he doesn't get the recognition. He doesn't have kind of the the fanfare that Tatis has right now, but better watch out, man. I think he could sneak in there and get it. Cheesecake, what about you? Is there any predictions you said that you kind of are going thinking it might not last that way? I think the NL Cy Young is up in the air. Um, going with Darvish right now is, is you know, he's, he's pitching well. Uh, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys pitching really well in the National League right now. Uh, so, so any one of them falls off, it could be Darvish. It could, you know, the the thing with DeGrom is it's the same narrative three straight years. Oh, he's the best pitcher. He just doesn't get wins. And it's like, yeah, we want to hear that for a third straight year, or we want a guy who actually got like eight or nine wins for his team and his team's in the playoffs and he's been a horse for them. And that's why Freed is a more intriguing choice because the Braves are going to be going to the postseason and they have had been decimated by injuries on their staff, but he hasn't been, he's been holding their team together, taking the ball every fifth day, you know, um, getting them W's the same, the same sort of argument that got a lot of guys Cy Young awards before. And I think we have to remember that this is not a statistical necessarily award. Uh, it's really hard to, to, to come out three straight years and, and, you know, have to make a, an argument that, that the fact that you don't have wins is, is justifiable because you're so good. Why don't you have wins? Like, your 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 bullpen's blowing it. Well, three straight years of this. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. I like. I I think Degrom's the best pitcher in the National League. Let me just say that. I think the award needs to move on from him, though. R.I.P. for all the balls that get hit to the ground when Max Reed pitches. Doc, you know I wanted to be ballsy and say Mookie uh, over Tatis, but I'm looking at the stats and he's behind him in most stats besides like runs so I'm sticking with my picks I was kind of looking to go back on Tatis and because I was like I feel like he's died down a little bit because he's not nearly brought up on every single sports center highlight like he used to be but you look at it and his last seven games he's still hitting 308 even though he has no homers he has four RBIs four walks to six strikeouts um, but he's still getting 308 419 on base percentage and then his last 15 games he only has two home runs, but he's still hitting 298. So, like, he's still hitting for a really good average, even though his power is down. His on-base percentage is over 400. So, if if your team is quiet right now and you're hovering around a 300 batting average and a 400 on-base percentage, then I'm I, I think it's going to be really hard because I thought his batting average dipped a lot and it didn't. So, um, I think it's it's his award to lose at this point and. Yeah, I mean, I think it will take something crazy to happen for everything outside the NL Cy Young, um, most likely for mm-hmm. things to change as we set them. But 
we'll see. That should be an exciting last three and a half weeks of the season. But with that being said, let's move to our question of the week. And Art, who are we sponsored by this week? Oh, I am so glad you asked. Support for Triple Play is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Now let's get real, guys. I'm 39 years old. I'm not out in the clubs and bars trying to make a good first impression with my manscaping. I'm 39. I have two kids. I manscape for me. All right? We name our guys down there. Are we going to leave Pedro like a house with overgrown shrubbery? No. We want it standing tall and proud like the Washington Monument. Clean shaven. (laughs) Anyone who has tried (laughs) to trim with products that aren't designed for manscaping knows what I'm talking about when when you know that the skin down there is pretty sensitive. And if it's not designed for down there, it's not going to do the right job. I've drawn blood using clippers. Not fun. Just a little nick, but it's very sensitive skin down there. Not fun. Bad feeling. Yeah, yeah. I have never used anything that has had 18 months worth of research put into it on how to give you a better manscape. 18 months. Smart guys. Now we have the lawnmower 3.0. So... The blade has an advanced skin-safe technology to reduce your grooming accidents. Oh, my God. That is music to my ears. If you like to be careful and take your time, you got 90 minutes. The, the charge on this lasts 90 minutes. Take your time. Get in the shower. It's waterproof. Yeah. Uh, you also have an LED light to, to light the way you're going. You have a 7,000 yeah. RPM motor on this bad boy. Yeah, no it. hair is going to stand in its way. And it's easy to take with you. for me, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. The oh, yeah. USB's charging station goes with you. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code. Is the code triple play? Is that right? Triple play at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code triple play. Oh, God, you sold me, Art. You just sold me. I'll go buy another thing. Man, I'm about to get one. You definitely sold me. Hey, man, <laughs> your balls will thank you. I can wear this and not get in trouble for it. We read an ad for the football show, and they were like saying they wanted us to uh, to include about how it doesn't look like Ezekiel Elliott's hair down there. <laughs> That's hilarious. So our question of the week: Which outfielder has the best arm in the major leagues? So this is an interesting. I, I, I'm curious where people will go for this one. I have one that sticks out for me personally, but Clay, you're the guest. Who has the best outfield arm in the bigs? I think it'd be easy to say Ramon Laureano, but I'm going to take a guy that just got called up and sent back down, but he made an incredible throw from center to hose one of the Phillies players last week for my Braves, and it's Christian Pache. He is a elite gold glove fielder, and that arm is 70 grade plus. Like You haven't got much chance to see it, but it's incredible. Go watch, go find a video, just like search Christian Pache throws out runner at home and he hoses this guy. His arm is elite. And as you see more of him, hopefully soon, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So that's my pick. 
Hey, Chris, like uh, your, your, your fandom and bias is showing a little bit. You might want to cover it up. <laughs> I try my best. But hey, I didn't want to. I figured everybody would say Loriano, so I, I went off. I respect end. that. I do respect that. Cheesecake. Uh, you know, I I'm going with with Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger was clocked at 101.8 on a on an outfield throw. That he's throwing he's throwing like a Roldis Chapman out there. Amazing. Uh, you look at the highlights when he throws guys out. They're out by a mile. Like they're they're trying his arm and they're like oh. Like they're running up, they're not even ready to slide, and the ball's there. Uh, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, he did he and he sh- and when he's had a chance to show it off, it's really pretty. Like there's two or three times when he's thrown guys out at first base from right field, trying uh, trying to get singles. I-, I love watching him throw and just 101.8. I went with it because he's cracking a hundy on those throws from the outfield. That's impressive. Hundy, yeah, a hundy. Doc. All right, well, I'm going Ramon Laureano, and in more ways than one, like, he has a good outfield arm, and we can also see that he's ready to throw down against base coaches. So I think Laureano, I mean, he was brought up originally for his defense, I think kind of like this generation's Jeff Francoeur, but he's turned into a good hitter. And, you know, while some people might run on Bellinger and Pache and others, like, people know Laureano has a cannon. So I think they know if they hit the ball to him, they better have a good chance of getting that extra base. Otherwise, they're going to get out and then get an earful. There's only one person that's made me my jaw drop on a throw, and that's Ramon Laureano. I'm not going to pick him, but when he had the – I think it was last year when he had those couple throws where he was, like, running with his back um, to the field, and he, like, caught it over his shoulder, turned around, and, and then threw it to first to double him up on, like, a one-hop from, like, all the way in the outfield or whatever it was. Or there was just a couple of those. I've literally been like, holy crap. Like, I've never seen an arm like that, at least to me. Um, but the one thing I will add is Mookie Betts has had a couple throws this year. Was it, like, 100? I think it was, like, 101 or 102 from the uh, from right from field. From the right field to the third base, yeah. Yeah. And I think people are think he's such a good defender. People think he's such a good hitter. But I had no idea his arm was like that. Like, that, his arm is so slept on. And that was a pretty legit throw. The accuracy and the power from he did it twice. So like, I'm gonna that. I'm gonna just pump up Mookie Betts' ego a little bit more. Love it. But is there anybody besides Jeff Frank Cor? Rick and Keel. Rick and Keel. Brian Giles. Brian Giles. Was there any other ones you guys could think of that were iconic for their arm? Oh yeah. Um, Jose Guillen yeah. had an iconic throw. Uh, Raul Mondesi had a great arm. Jesse Barfield, a lot of guys. Like going way back, there's a lot of famous guys. Um, who is like um, Vladimir Guerrero, but he would sail him sometimes, which is always fun. You didn't know if Vlad was going to hit the catcher or like halfway up the netting sometimes. Har- Harper had a really good arm when he got uh, when he first came up. I feel like you know it's tailed off a little bit, but people used to worry about running on him. I haven't noticed him making any big throws, but I, I, you like the the reputation is of him having a good arm. But yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him make any big throws in a while. Clay, give me a brave. I feel like there's a brave Raphael for call. <laughs> dude had a dude had a can. I think he could hit like a hundred from shortstop. He had a had a cannon. Who threw faster, him or Danny Espinosa? Oh, Espinosa. I got we gotta say Espinosa because he's a friend of the show. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, for call. <laughs> 
He is a friend of the show, but for Cole, I, I do remember it was, I, we first started playing MVP baseball 2005, and I remember like seeing great game. Yeah, that was the iconic game. That's where yes. I remember seeing him, and it, I he did have an arm for sure. Um, just did, did any of you guys when you played baseball have an arm even half that good? <laughs> no chance. I I played catcher, and I used to throw runners out at second base, like like ten to twelve year old levels. But like, you know, it's not as easy in high school. Uh, but like when I was a kid, I thought I was I thought I was the man. Like, no one runs on me. No one runs on me. But the uh, young Wilson Contreras. <laughs> I got an outfield assist last year in, in softball, and I had like a really great feeling. I was like amazing. Made the rest of my day. Best <laughs> awesome. No, I played second base, so like I guess I was not thought of to have a good arm. <laughs> But then you make up for it with all your sliding stops and, and the quick throw, I did quick have some throws. speed, some good speed back in the day. You look like you have swag too. That's important. Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I was really shy growing up, so I didn't like when I played. I didn't really have that. Like, like if I played now, like softball and stuff. Yeah, like I definitely love to ring a little swag from <laughs> softball. That's awesome. Well, let's move to our last part of our show, our game of the week. And Eric, I believe you are hosting this week. Yes, sir. So this is a little bit of a variation. Uh, we've had a game in the past where we say a player and we guess their amount of followers. What I have now is I have a player's bio, and I'm going to give you four choices, and you have to tell me who you think that bio belongs to. Okay, okay. I like this. Okay. So we're going to begin with David, then Chris, then Art, Okay. Okay. And, um, am I guessing? And then they guess they we all guess the same one. Yeah, and then I'll tell you then who got it right. Okay, and we have ten. Yeah. Okay. So Already. the first one, and I hope Toby is listening. My mustache got lonely, so now I have a face stash. Which member of Chuck Nasty and the Ginger Mountain Boys is this? Charlie Blackman, Justin Turner, Dallas Keuchel. Or Matt Carpenter and David, we're starting with you. Shout out Backflip Crazy before I answer this. Uh, I'm gonna go. I gotta go. Chuck Nasty himself. Okay, Chris. <laughs> I have no idea. And I also checked, and I was like, okay, is that are any of these are any of these people following them? And I don't think you follow any of the people, so. I'll just say Matt Carpenter. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. And Art. Dallas Keuchel. All right. Well, it was Chuck Nasty, so David's on the board. All right. All right. Well, the next one, and it's good that you're starting, Chris. Um, it's going to be a, a hometown one. Oh, he already told us the team. So, <laughs> Well, that, this, that's not going to help. Pitcher okay. for the ATL Braves. Married to a queen. Father to Jet and Lola, don't be ignorant. The options are Max Freed, Mike Fultonavich, Mike Soroka, and Will Smith. Mike Fultonavich. Okay. Art? Um, I'm going to say Will Smith. And David? It's definitely not Max Freed or Mike Soroka. They're too young. So it has to be one of the two. And Clegg said it was such certainty that I'm going faulty. 
It is faulty. I'm riding the co. I'm riding Clay to that. I was 100 percent confident. I rem- I just remember on Twitter when he had it Jet, and I remember him posting about it. It just stuck with me. I was like, that's an interesting name. And so yeah. I had no clue until you said faulty. I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, I thought but, it might trick you because he's technically not with the Braves anymore, but it's still on there, and he's still somewhat active. So yeah. All right, Art. We're beginning with you for net this next one. The older you do get, the excuse me, the older you do get, the more rules they're going to try to get you to follow. That's when you just got to keep living. And then five rocket ship emojis. We have Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, Zach Plesac, or Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett. Okay, David. It's definitely one of the last two, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to say everybody hated Plesak, so he put that out there just to say how he feels. So, Plesak. And Chris. Yeah, I'm going to go Plesak as well. I think I think that might be it, but I don't know. Uh, it's Clev, and I'm oh. a little upset because I said this on the pod a few weeks ago when he got busted, and he literally put, like, they make rules for you to break them. Clev is always talking about breaking rules, so none of you guys get a point. Disappointed. All right, next one. We are California strong, and David, we're beginning with you. The options are Clayton Kershaw, Griffin Canning, Tyler Glasnow, or Mike Moustakis. We are California strong? Yes. I mean, I'm going to go the only one that's in California, (laughs) Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Clay. Read the read the list again, please. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, Griffin Canning, oh, he is Tyler, Tyler Glasnow, or Mike Moustakis. I just feel like that might be something Canning might say. I don't know. I'll stick with him. Okay, and Art. Um Glasnow and Moustakis might have been, might come from California. Tyler Glass now. Uh, it was Mike Moustakis, but you're right. They're all from California. Damn. No, another no-pointer. Oh, I don't think I put anything about their current team in their bio. Oh, or their, like, current God. living. All <laughs> right, next one. This might be my favorite one. They are, uh, Chris, we're beginning with you. I don't pimp homers. Okay, sometimes I do. Larry is my alter ego as of February 12, 2020. The options... Joey Gallo, Andrew McCutcheon, Yoan Moncada, or Yasiel Puig? I think it's Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. Art? Uh, who was the first guy? Joey Gallo. Larry is my alter ego. I don't pimp homers. Okay, sometimes I do. That sounds like, yeah, I'm going to go with McCutcheon. I'm pretty sure it's McCutcheon. The swag on that thing is McCutcheon level. It is McCutcheon. I was (laughs) like, anybody that knows McCutcheon's personality is going to know it's him, but it's too good of a bio to not have. I've got to think (laughs) of like home run hitters and cocky people. All right. Yeah. So halfway through, David is leading with three. Don't like saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris has two and Art has one. All right, so the next one, Art, you're going to begin with this. 
My house smells of rich mahogany and I have many leather bound books. Anchorman. Is it Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, or Evan Longoria? That. That is Justin Verlander. David? You said the first two were Scherzer and Harper? Yeah, and then Verlander and Longoria. Can you read it one more time? My house smells of rich mahogany, and I have many leather-bound books. Anchorman. Price Harper? And Clegg. Uh, I'm just going to be different and say Scherzer. Uh, it is Verlander. So, 3-2-2. Two, two. All right. Next one, and David, we're beginning with you. Uh, close. Ah, it was close, man. Next one. You already know. The options. Ozzy Albies, Manny Machado, Cody Bellinger, or Josh Donaldson. You already know is the whole thing. You already know. Cody Bellinger. Clegg? I think it's Cody Bellinger. Art? See, just strategically, I think it makes sense to pick Cody Bellinger right now. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> uh, you guys are all wrong. It's Josh Donaldson. Bring I knew it. I was down. almost said it. Uh. Yeah, we got Exavilo joining us. Yeah, he got that one. He hey, we need to have him on. He'd be good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next one, and Clegg, we're starting with you, right? Been known to dive with great whites and walk with cheetahs. Jesus believer, husband, father, strike thrower, and thrill seeker. Is it Mark like Melanson, Mike Fires, Madison Bumgardner, or Jordan Montgomery? Golly. Mike Fires is kind of off the wall, so he might be swimming with sharks and walking with cheetahs. I'll go Fires. Okay. Art? I'm going with Fires, too. David? That was the first one that came to my mind. Someone's going to snitch. He has that kind of personality, so I'll say Fires. Guys are all wrong. It's Mark Melanson. I thought uh, Mark Melanson? I thought you guys were going to say Madison Bumgarner because he's Mason Saunders. As his <laughs> that was my know. second choice. Well, you like you like did this thing that I thought was like a poker tell when you said Mike Fires. I'm like he's he's giving it away. It's Mike Fires. <laughs> yeah, I've done a good job with this. David is leading with three. You guys have gotten three out of eight. This is awful. Jeez. All right, next one, Art. We're starting with you. This is a good one. Follower of Jesus, husband, daddy, outdoor loving, sweet tea drinking, Chick Fil A eating, barbecue smashing, fantasy football dominating, Georgia boy. Wow, that's a great bio. Yeah. yeah. So, is it Kirby Yates, Howie Kendrick, Adam Wainwright, or Robbie Ray? Kirby Yates. I'm I'm pretty sure it's Adam Wainwright. Clegg? Yeah, I think I think Wainwright's the only Georgia boy of those. So I'll say Wainwright. It is All Wainwright. Right. Mm. So, ah, Exavilo knows. All right, David with four, Clegg with three, and Art with two. Art, you're eliminated, but I'd still play this one anyway. Yeah. 
Um, I got I got to beat Clegg here. This is yeah, it. David, we're Down the water. So, so Clegg, you got to go for a, a different one than David says, whether it's right or not. The last one, love my family. Is it Freddie Freeman, Mike Trout, Reese Hoskins, or Javi Baez? And David, we're starting with you. You would think it's Freddie Freeman, but I feel like it's um, – what was the third one? Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins it is. Freddie seems like the obvious choice, so I'll just stick with it. Freddie Freeman. New daddy Mike Trout. Love my family. You That's guys are wrong. all wrong as Javi Baez. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, the least likely family guy. What? Exactly. I had it, I had it last on there for a reason because you're going to be like, Freddie Freeman's a family guy. Mike Trout just had a kid. Reese Hoskins look like, looks like a dad. I don't even know if he's married or not. But I think this is the first time David has ever won a baseball game. I've won the baseball ones before. I Put don't some think you have. on my name. I don't think you have. I might it's go a, through all of our pods just to listen if you want. It's a good thing that. Exit Vila wasn't on this one because I think he actually got four or five. So it would have been David. Was he Googling him back there? He, he might have been. <laughs> just kidding. You win with a failing grade of four out of ten. You deserve this FaceTime. This is long overdue. Go ahead. Hey, I will give uh, – we do a game every week. I'll that give this player thought of this one. We, we do a different game each week, so it's always something different. Appreciate it, though. Um, we're going to sign off here because about an hour or so. Uh, definitely don't want to hold the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Roto Clegg, up too much longer. But, man, it was an absolute blast having you on the show. We really appreciate your time. And uh, if you want to plug anything, uh, feel free, man. Go ahead. Hey, thank you guys, man. I had a great time and hope we can do it again one day. The game was great. Honestly, I was listening last week and the jersey numbers, oh, man, I was like, I should know all these. But I was like, crap, I'm going to suck at this game. And guess what? I suck at the game. So it's okay. But I feel better not getting bios than baseball jersey numbers <laughs> hey it was a great time thank you guys again um just a small plug i'm i write over at fan tracks i do the weekly two-start pitcher column on friday that'll be out in the morning if you're watching this live if you're listening later it's probably already out i do a dynasty prospects piece on thursday which this morning was about um, prospects and on base leagues that lose value and i did the prospect gainers in OBP last week. And then on Tuesdays, I do a stat cast piece looking at different um, stat cast trends and what do they project about our play, like certain players moving forward. So it's kind of what my writing is during the season, those, those three things each week. And it's man, it's again, thank you guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, man. What do you say? That's at Roto Clegg. Honestly, one of the nicest dudes out there. If you're not following him, you're doing something wrong. Make sure you follow this man, especially if you're trying to become a good fantasy baseball player because the content he puts out is, is unreal. It's insane. It's all the things you need to know to help you win your leagues. So make sure you're following this man. And, and dude, if, you, if you're fine coming back, we'd love to have you back on sometime. Hey, I'd, I'd love to come back, man. Had a great time with you guys. And thank, dude, amazing intro and kind words. <laughs> Much appreciated, man, for sure. Hey, of course, man. Of course. And for everybody listening, we will catch you guys next week. Stay safe, and we will see you all then.
So Eric, give us a few trades that really stuck out to you um, as Eric decides to uh, step out for a second. 